Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which, a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain. And so it happens. When you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Father, we pray that you would open your word to our hearts, and our hearts to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If we were having a sermon series on the difficult sayings of Jesus, this gospel passage would be in that series. I like, I don't know about you, but I kind of like to skip over passages like this. Um, <laughs> I like passages like uh, the Christmas passage. The angel said, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. (laughs) Jesus said, I've not come to bring peace, but division. How do we reconcile what seems to be maybe a contradiction? I would start by saying that Jesus should not be read, perhaps as I tend to read, you know, sometimes we read Jesus with our own voice, with, with our own expectations, and, and I, I tend to read him like a James Bond villain here. <laughs> I have not come to ca- bring peace, but division. Maybe you don't read it, I hope you don't, but I don't think that's the tone that Jesus here. Jesus says he's come to bring fire uh, on the earth. And he has a baptism to be baptized with and how great is his stress until it is accomplished. There is something on the horizon. You and I know what it is, but, but his disciples would not have known. And yet on the horizon for Jesus, there is this, this agony awaiting. In all the Gospels, they build up to Peter's confession of Christ. And then after that, everything's headed towards Jerusalem. And that's where we are in Luke's Gospel now. Everything, we're headed towards Jerusalem. And, and Jesus uh, brings up this very difficult saying, this difficult teaching. Now, what is, would be helpful to know is this, this 
uh, passage, this sort of pericope, starts with, um, with a passage we had a few weeks ago. Jesus is teaching in a synagogue, and, and somebody stands up and says, Hey, Jesus, uh, tell, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Do you remember that passage? And uh, Jesus says, uh, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator of you? In, uh, in other words, uh, who made me the one who is to divide up your money between you and your brother? And Jesus sort of responds. He starts talking about greed and about uh, where our anxiety is placed and then that we must be ready for uh, the coming of the Son of Man. But then what we see is actually He did come to divide. But He didn't come to divide our earthly possessions against, uh, between the brothers. He came to divide the brothers. He came to divide not to bring peace. And that is... It's hard for us to hear. Uh, do you remember the passage in Mark 10? James and John come up to, um, to Jesus and, and they say, Hey, Jesus, we want you to grant. We want to be your lieutenants. We want to be your vice presidents. We want to sit your right hand and your left. And do you remember what Jesus says about that? He says, You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized not really knowing what they're saying they say yeah yeah we can (laughs) Jesus is not looking forward to judgment and yet judgment is what he is bringing Jesus calls it his baptism and that's what the fire is that he's bringing his judgment and he calls it his baptism because he knows that there must be death before uh, there is life. Do you know? Do you remember what uh, John the Baptist said about Jesus? He said, "Look, there, behold, the Lamb of God." He, but before that, he said, "The one is coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire." And a lot of times we think, "Well, that's the the Holy Spirit is the fire." But no, I don't think so. In the con- context of what uh, Jesus says about the wheat and the chaff and the, the sheep and the goats. And Jesus constantly is saying that there is going to be a division. And there is going to be some that get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And there will be some who are baptized with fire, who will face judgment. The fire equals judgment. If I was Presbyterian, I would take you through each one of the passages in the Old Testament where we talk about uh, judgment and show you that. But I'm not, um, so you'd have to trust me. But um, fire is... Uh, judgment. And we love to talk about uh, Jesus as, uh, we talk about the love of Jesus, and Jesus as, as the one who loves us. And that is, let me tell you, that is true. I don't, I'm not trying to say that that's not true at all, but we do sort of miss, uh, we miss the whole Jesus if we, uh, if we skirt around uncomfortable passages uh, like this. And in fact, what we will find is that the love of God and the justice of God I'll go hand in hand. You can't leave out judgment. And yet there is really, really good news. Why is it good news um, that Jesus is bringing, going to cast fire uh, upon the earth? Well, let me ask you this. What kind of world do we live in if there was no hope of final judgment? 
Let me say it a different way. What kind of world would we live in if there was no hope of all wrongs being righted? All injustice being made right. Everything that you have suffered unjustly, whether by life circumstance or by by the hands of another, everything that you've read about, aghast, thankfully perhaps in another part of the world, and yet can we live in a world where, uh, where there is no final judgment? Because if things like that, if, if awful injustice, which certainly happens in the world, if that just goes unanswered in the cosmos, then life is meaningless. There is no right or wrong. Now, here's the upside of that. We can do anything we want. And there will be no consequence. The downside is that there is a deep sense of despair that comes with that uh, as well. See, the truth is that final judgment brings meaning and hope. There is right and wrong. And there is hope. That if we have suffered injustice or any injustice that we see about, any cause of injustice that we might align ourselves with, that that will be vindicated in the end. As one preacher said, if if there's no final judgment, then there's no hope for the world. But if there is final judgment, is there any hope for me? And that's a philosophical conundrum, isn't it? There's no hope for if there's no final judgment, then what hope is there for the world? But if there is final judgment, then what hope is there for me? Now, a lot of people choose the upside. They choose the meaninglessness in favor of their own liberation. They choose despair eternally for short term freedom, or what they might consider freedom. Because with the opposite is it to have meaning and hope but also to have judgment and guilt. Every other religion in the world says the way to avoid guilt, religion and non-religion for that matter, the way to avoid guilt is to clean up your act. Don't do things that will make you guilty. And that sounds like a good plan. It's like the bar of soap that I saw up in the bathroom in our own, in our own, um, in our own office building just the other day. Uh, wash away your sins. This, uh, yeah, use this soap and they'll be gone. Man, I used it all. Um, but the, uh, the Christian faith is entirely unique among the world religions and the world philosophies, secular philosophies too, in having an answer to this conundrum. If there's final judgment... If there's no final judgment, what hope is there for the world? If there is final judgment, what hope is there for me? The Christian faith um, is entirely unique that it answers that, the way that it answers that question. And surprisingly enough, it answers it with duck hunters. Now, there's a story that I have come across recently. It's uh, it's actually written in a book uh, published about 30 years ago by your friend and mine, Paul Zoll, uh, called Who Will Deliver Us? He writes this. 
said, I'm a little like the duck hunter who was hunting with his friend in a wide open barren land in southeastern Georgia. And far away on the horizon, he noticed a cloud of smoke. And soon he could hear the sound of crackling. A wind came up and he realized the terrible truth. A brush fire was advancing his way. It was moving so fast that he and his friend were not going to be able to outrun it. The hunter began to rifle through his pockets and he emptied all the contents of his knapsack and he soon found what he was looking for, a book of matches. To his friend's amazement, he pulled out a match and struck it. He lit a small fire around the two of them. And soon they were standing in a circle of blackened earth waiting for the brush fire to come. They did not have to wait long. They covered their mouths with their handkerchiefs and braced themselves. The fire came near and swept over them. But they were completely unhurt. They weren't even touched. Because fire would not burn the place where fire had already burned. The law, or judgment, is like the brush fire. I cannot escape it. But if I stand in the burned over place where law has already burned its way through, and I will not get hurt. Not a hair of my head will be singed. The death of Christ on the cross is the burned over place for you and for me. There I huddle, hardly believing, and yet relieved. Christ's death has disarmed Christ's judgment. Why is it good news that Jesus came to judge? It's because it was Jesus that came to judge. The one who came to judge was the one who took away our sin and took the judgment that you and I deserve upon Himself. The death of Christ is the burned over place. Why are five divided? Two against three and three against two? Because a few people are are going to, come what may, they're going to, they're going to face the fire themselves. They're going to want to stand on their own two feet. Some stand in the burned over place. The intersection of God's justice and His great love for us. Because justice is borne out. It is borne out on Him. On God Himself. Because of His great love for us. Now Jesus was speaking into a, fa- a family system, a, a, a society that was um, patriarchal. And what he said is that salvation isn't, uh, doesn't depend on who your daddy was. Salvation depends upon where you stand, where you trust, your ability to face the fire. Or will you stand with the one who has already faced the fire on your behalf? He came to cast the fire. He sweat blood in anticipation of facing that judgment. His own judgment. One scholar said uh, that God is so uh, for us that He's even against Himself. What He meant was that He was willing to face His own judgment so that you and I would not have to. All wrongs will be righted. And yet, the wrongs that we have committed are sins that are grievous unto us and the burden of them is intolerable. Uh, They are placed on the cross. 
and you are forgiven, standing in the burned over place. And more than that, because of that, you can forgive and be free from the burden of grudge carrying. The burned over place has taken care of it all. Salvation is what's left after the fire. Hebrews 12.2 Fix your eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him, see, Jesus saw it coming on the horizon, but He could also see what was behind it. For the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising its shame, and now is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and for me. Stand in the burned over place, my friends. Amen.